1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Love this dude. He's so talented. Ty Dunn, founder of Go Long. Find it at golongtd.com. That's golongtd.com. Not as in Tom DeCelestino, as in Touchdown Tom. Author of The Blood and Guts, How Titans Save Football. And dude's going to be in Phoenix all week next week for Super Bowl 57 Mr. Dunn, good morning, man. Good morning.
0: Hey, I appreciate the love, the plugs. You're you're far too kind, brother. It's always good to talk football with you. Hey,
2: we were just talking about this and this is kind of a, you know, probably less relevant question than the others I'm going to ask you, but I'm I'm curious. Are Bengals Chiefs now can you consider that the best rivalry in in football? given the stakes of the last couple times they've played each other at the end of the season and the general friendly animosity that's bubbled up between
0: them. You know, I know that we tend to be uh, prisoners of the moment, right. In, in in our business, whether we're, we're talking about football or writing about it. I agree. I, I think this is the best rivalry right now as we sit in, in the game, because it's real. I mean, you can feel it, you can hear it. Uh, you know, dude, was, uh, was Mike Hilton's Burrowhead comment on anybody's mind when there's nine minutes to go and the Bengals are a couple first downs from getting to the Super Bowl? No. I mean, words are words. They're, they're, they're not going to impact the game itself. But I think the animosity is real, the swagger is real. And, and that's what we all love about football. We, hey, we don't want to see all of these guys exchanging jerseys and Instagramming and being all lovey-dovey after the game. We, it's a violent game played by violent people. It's kind of good to have some friction. I think it's refreshing.
2: I do, too. Ty Dunn here on the show. Ty, I don't know Kyle Shanahan, so I'm I'm joking. But I don't know what karma he put into the universe that, that these things keep happening to his quarterbacks. And obviously the latest news is that Brock Purdy has a fully torn UCL in that throwing elbow. Not ideal, six months, whatever it may be. So you've got Purdy who is injured but will be back in time for the next season. You've got Trey Lance, who has not been able to stay healthy, but presumably will be fully healthy going into camp in the summer. You've got Tom Brady out there, like some kind of 90-year-old floating goat or whatever other options. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's a free agent. How should they, not really how will they, but how should they approach their quarterback situation for, for next season?
0: I think that if we can take a lesson from Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles, it's to remove ego from the equation. And just because you made a decision, whether it's, um, you know, a draft pick or handing out a contract extension to a Carson Wentz, it should not preclude you from looking to improve at the most important position in sports. I mean, they, they drafted Jalen Hurts. They knew it was going to hurt Carson Wentz's feelings. They, he whiffed on receivers again and again, and he kept drafting receivers again and again. I, I get it. You know, it's it's just really plain terrible luck that Trey Lance has hardly played any football the last three, four years, really. Um, and it's just terrible luck that Brock Purdy had this this elbow injury that, God, who knows what, what the state of that is by the time he does play. I, I really do think that Kyle Shanahan John Lynch are, are going to challenge themselves to be bold, be better, and, and take a big swing at quarterback this offseason. Is that Aaron Rodgers? Is it Tom Brady? I I don't know. I'd be guessing. But I would think that Tom Brady would be very, very interested in being a 49er considering he was very, very interested just two years ago. And in that offense, you know, obviously Brady is not what he once was. We all see it. It's clear as day. Um, they were lucky to even to get to the playoffs with, with those comeback wins. But in that scheme – it is just kind of taking advantage of the middle third of the field, right? I mean, you don't have to throw deep comebacks and chuck it 40, 50, 60 yards down the field. You just have to use your brain and, and operate in a in a, a highly intelligent scheme and know where to go with the football. It would seem to take advantage of everything Brady does so, so well. And, by God, he's going to love having Kittle and Debo and IU and Christian McCaffrey in that defense. It just makes way too much sense for the 49ers to uh, – to, to, to try not to take advantage of this window, you've got studs everywhere on this roster in their prime. I love Trey Lance and everything Trey Lance could be, uh, but you you can't leave things up to chance with that roster.
2: Ty, Dunn, I, I know that the situation to acquire Tom Brady is vastly different than the, the situation to acquire Aaron Rodgers, and they are they're different personalities and they're, they're different people. But if you could if you could wave a magic um, go long wand, right? If you if somebody went to GoLongTD.com dot com and they found a magic wand, it granted one football wish, and they're a you know Niners fan, you can wave it, and none of those restrictions apply. Better fit for the Niners
0: for one year would be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Which which one? Uh, t- Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I I just think that you know he's proven that he can win in the playoffs, put together that that drive you need at the end of the game with everything on the line. I get it. He's older. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Clearly he has a little bit left in the tank, but I just think personality wise and looking for a quarterback who gets you over that hump at that point of the season, it's kind of proven that it's Tom Brady. And I think there'll be more of a desire on Tom Brady's end to play there than Aaron Rodgers. Just, just, just a guess. But I just feel like Aaron Rodgers to the New York jets makes way too much sense for all parties involved. He's got to love that defense, the young talent, Nathaniel Hackett and him are unbelievably close Um, I mean I I heard again and again from people in Green Bay that that relationship is is real it's it's real love and even more so than anything he had with Matt LaFleur I it it just not not to get off the rails here but do the Green Bay Packers finally have the guts to make the move It, it seems like they're kind of maybe dropping some breadcrumbs, whether it's their end or Aaron Rodgers' end, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, and they're laying that groundwork. Once and for all, you have to move on. You have to do it. And you mentioned go along. I mean, two years ago, we were advocating for, for trading Aaron Rodgers for your unlimited first-round pick, second-round pick. Patrick Surtain, Jerry Judy. You could have gotten anything you wanted from Denver, basically. They didn't do it. They made a run for it. Um, and they got into this albatross of a contract. If somebody's willing to take that albatross Alba on, you, you you've got to turn the page. Otherwise, what what are you doing? I mean, it's really run its course on every level. By the
2: way, Ty Dunn, personal share with you: I hate rails. We can get off them anytime you want. I I, I hate rails. I hate rules. Let's get off the rails. What um? What's the given given the contract? Given his age? Given you know maybe the reality of of how leverage can dissipate for the Packers if it is clear that that that, that Rodgers wants to be somewhere else? What's the return? for Aaron
0: Rodgers if you're the Jets or another team trying to get him? It, it comes down to owner desperation, as as things often do in the NFL. I mean, look at what Jimmy Haslam and the Cleveland Browns did last year. It's just an insane contract. That's probably the reason the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson just can't find middle ground. I mean, that threw everything off. But but he, he wanted to do something bold, and he's in charge. It's his money. How desperate is Woody Johnson, right? I mean, I think the Jets have been – Hamster wheel in this whole football thing for several decades. They've got a good roster. It's, it's just wild to look at that team. They're, they're loaded on defense. Sauce Gardner is just racking up the hardware left and right. Uh, Quinn and Williams, you got to think they find the right number there and he's going to be worth every penny. They, they, they're loaded. I mean, they're ready to win now and they drafted incredibly well last year. Last we forget that Brees Hall ended on IR and he looked phenomenal at running back. Garrett Wilson could be a star. Uh, I, w- I would think that the Jets are willing to part with at least a first, maybe a first and a second, two firsts. If push comes to shove, I-, I would think that they would do anything it takes. And they don't necessarily need a lot of picks. They've got the money to absorb that contract. Um, if, if if something is able to get done, they're going to get it done. And it's on Green Bay to kind of play that poker game that they, they refused to even sit at the table the last two off seasons. Now it seems like they, they are willing to sit at that table and, and have that back-and-forth discussion with Joe Douglas.
2: Ty, Don, because I'm a really good person, I'm going to pull you into my mess with Philly fans. I'm just going to drag you just into the, into the muck over here with this, with this question. So if, if Brock Purdy does not get hurt in that NFC Championship game, if he plays a complete game and he's healthy, what are the percentage odds the Niners win that game? Oh, gosh,
0: I'd say 10 15%. Oh,
2: well, you're not in the oh, muck. You're sorry. standing
0: high with the Eagles fans. <laughs> I'm standing with the Eagles fans. On this you're clean. One. They, yeah, I, I just, I, the, the way I, I get it, it turned into a high school football game. Everybody at the stadium knew that the 49ers are going to be running the ball every single time. So I'm, I'm with you. It, it becomes a totally different game. If you at least have the threat of a pass, but I, I still think that we've seen, you know, in, in, in the giants game as well, this is an offensive line and a defensive line that just plays uh, you know, a, a different brand of football. I mean, they're, they're in a heavyweight class that is even a notch above San Francisco. And I God, I took San Francisco to win that game. I, I love the makeup of that roster and everything that Brock Purdy's done. If he just didn't turn it over, it seemed like they're going to win any game. But I think that they would have turned him over. I mean, they've got just waves upon waves of pass rushers and pro bowlers across the offensive line. They drag you into that back alley and club you over the head repeatedly. They're going to be a handful for Kansas City. It's just something I don't think you can prepare your body for. It's out of a different era. And, oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts is also an athletic quarterback who makes you account for him as a runner, and we haven't really seen it, but through the regular season was as good of a passer as anybody in the NFL.
2: What impact can Chris Jones, who was an absolute beast for the Chiefs, have in, in, I don't know about level the playing field, but trying to make life hard enough for for Jalen Hurts that the Chiefs, at least on the defensive side, can try and keep up with what the Eagles can do when, when they're trying to stop Mahomes?
0: My God, isn't he like the one player we all talk about being great, we think is great, we know he's an all-pro, we know he's special, and then you actually watch him play-to-play, drive-to-drive, and and you say, to yourself, wow, we underestimate how special Chris Jones is. I mean, he just wrecked that game. Uh, Well, eight pressures in all, three resulted in sacks, two by himself, every other one resulted in incomplete pass. He single-handedly ends drives, and he does it, when he's double teams most of the time. So, you know, it's six six three ten with his athleticism, his strength, you've got to account for him with two bodies. I mean, I think Cincinnati is, is in Zach Taylor, they've got months to think about not chipping him with, with Pirine there on the third down or giving the help at all. Something, anything to give yourself a chance on that play. Um, and then, it's, then it kind of changes the dynamic of your offense a little bit. But I think it's just different here where Philadelphia is equipped to handle it. I mean, I don't think they're going to contain Chris Jones. He'll get his. But as a team that also wants to run 50 times a game and do it with four or five different players at different angles, different blocking angles, everything, you, you can slow him down to an extent, I would think. Um, it, it, it's just different than what Cincinnati's trying to do, where, where Joe Burrow really wants to – Stand there, scan the field, complete it to seven different receivers as he did before the first quarter even ended against Buffalo. This is an offense that wants to bludgeon you. So I, I think that, yeah, Chris Jones is unbelievable, and he'll get his. But, but my early guess would be Philly's built in a way that can at least you know, neutralize him to an extent.
2: Uh, Ty Dunn, the founder of Go Long, here on the show. Go to, it's easy, golongtd.com to get some of the best writing analysis, insight on on the National Football League and the people behind it in the business. Ty, I'm going to ask you a prediction question. It's the way too early prediction question. You're allowed to change your mind. When you're walking around Radio Row and you're in Phoenix next week for Super Bowl 57, no one's going to hold you to it. Things could change. Injury reports. But at this stage, knowing what we know and really knowing what we don't know, which way – it sounds like you're leaning Philly, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Which way are you going right now? Right.
0: I, I think I'm kind of talking myself in, into Philly. Just in this conversation is you know, Patrick Mahomes, the best player on the planet. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Just w- what else can you say about what they do? Second reaction, and and you know it is true. When Mahomes is at his best, the play doesn't really begin until you get in his face, until you pressure him. But that that isn't there now. And hey, he he adjusted right, like Brett Favre back in the nineties when his ankle get busted up or he had an injury. Sometimes these injuries it forces you to do less crazy things. And he he was playing within the confines of Andy Reid's offense, but but. It's going to be tough to do that against his pass rush. I mean, they let the NFL in sacks. I mean, Reddick, Sweat, Graham, Sue, Jordan Davis. I mean, we could spend hours just going through their defensive line. I, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to just stand in the pocket and go through his reads and have the time. I get it. They're getting it out quick, right? They did change their offense that way, but I think the pass rush can still get there, and I'd go Philadelphia in a close one right now.
2: Oh, my God. It's going to be such a great game. Uh, Ty Dunn, as always, buddy, amazing having you on the show. And I'm gonna be, I'll be there, too. I'm there like Tuesday to Friday. So let's um, find me. I'll come find you. I'll introduce myself in person. I'm looking forward to saying hello. And as always, man, absolutely love having you on the show. Hey,
0: I'm going to hunt you down there on Radio Roma, man. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Let's do it.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.